Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 73. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast and I am your host Teresa Heathwaring as always. How are you? So this week we are talking about one of my favourite subjects, Instagram and more specifically Instagram stories. 
But before we jump into that, I just want to remind you that this Thursday, Thursday the 18th of July, I am running three, that's it, not one, not two, but three live masterclasses. So I've done three so that hopefully no matter what time zone you're in, you're going to be able to find a time that suits you. And you'd have heard me say before that I love doing these masterclasses. I love doing live training and I love answering questions and helping. So I really hope you've signed on to it and you're going to be joining me. If not, you can head over to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and you can sign up there. I can't wait to see you there. Okay, on with today's episode. So if you've been following me for a while, you'll know that I love Instagram. It's my most favorite platform at the moment, has been for some time. And one of the things I love most about Instagram is Instagram stories, because I love how creative they are, how quick they can be. And I just like that kind of honesty of someone being on camera or showing you their day. And I find them really interesting. And I don't know about you, but I always have certain go-to people that I like to watch. And obviously, given the algorithm, it puts those people at the front of my feed all the time. And today's interview is with someone that I've been watching on Instagram for a long time, and I love his story. So I had to get him on the podcast because I want to share what he does with you, and I want you to go check him out because he's amazing. Today, I'm interviewing Dylan Osborne, who is a freelance creative and storyteller who believes in ideas. He works with people to create engaging and exciting stories and bring them to life visually. Dylan is one of the most creative Insta story creators, have I just made that up, does that sound right, that I've ever seen. So I met him through another guy who I had met at an event and I started following this guy and he mentioned Dylan in his stories. So as you do, I clicked and had a look at Dylan, started looking at some of his stories and honestly, they were brilliant. They were the most creative stories I've ever seen. They were quick and interesting and they literally kept me captivated and I've carried on watching them for ages. So I wanted to bring him onto the podcast because I really wanted him to talk about these stories and also share with you how he creates them, what he comes up with, because there are very few people doing Instagram stories like his. And like I said, his are super creative and you really do find yourself wanting to watch them over and over. So Dylan and I, I have to warn you, had quite a laugh. He is such a funny guy. We really giggled about quite a lot of stuff, which was great. And he talks through how he got to do what he does now, how he got creative on Instagram and how he started using Insta stories to really showcase what he does. But then the great thing about this is he talks us through different apps he uses on his phone because he does the entire thing on his phone, which is kind of unbelievable. And he tells us what apps he uses and how he puts it together and some of the considerations. Now, Dill is obviously a creative, so he is obviously going to have a good eye for this sort of thing. He's obviously going to be able to put together a good video because that's his job. So I'm not saying that me or others may be as creative as him, but I wanted you to definitely have a look at what he does because I really think this is going to help you think about your stories more differently. He says some really funny things and really interesting things like, I think at one point he talks about the fact of when we're on camera, we tend to tell people what we're doing. And he's like, please stop telling me what you're doing. I'm watching you. I can see it. So that was really cool and made me think about how I do my stories. So I think you're going to love today's episode. So I don't want to drown on and keep talking. I want you to jump straight in and see what you think. Make sure you check this guy out. He's amazing. 
I am so excited today to welcome the very lovely Dylan Osborne to the podcast. Welcome, Dylan. Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. Now, I've got to be honest, we have just been chatting all prior to being on this interview. So we've been chatting for about 30 minutes, which is terrible. We joked that this uh, podcast episode is going to be really short because obviously we've done all our chat. But it's so good to have Dylan. Now, I've explained in the intro that uh, how I found Dylan, and I've been watching his stories and I recommend that anybody goes and watch his stories, but I knew I had to have him on just so that he could talk to us about this because it was so cool. But before we get into that, Dil, can you explain to my audience a bit about who you are and how you got to do what you're doing now? Uh, yeah, well, it's a funny one. I have been a graphic designer and a photographer for like the last, I like to say about 15 to 18 years, somewhere around that. Grew up riding bikes and kind of developed a, a love for photography and, and making videos. But I've worked professionally as a graphic designer and art director for the last 13 years. Um, and part of that journey, I worked in a, a bike shop um, and it taught me a lot about building and creating artwork and solutions and ideas and stuff and how to develop it with no budget. It was just one of those things. It was, it was a small bike shop that became one of the largest online retailers in the world. Um, so I, I learned this insane amount working with them. And the first time I was given a job with them, they had asked me you know, to do this thing and we had no budget. And I was like, oh, I'll try and, I'll try and work it out. And I eventually solved it. And that was sort of how I did things for about 10 years with them. But I didn't realize the, the value in that until I then made a move into creative agencies in Belfast. Mm. And yeah, it's just, it's sort of just spiraled into this, this weird thing. So um, I have over that time used that skill and developed it into doing Instagram, which for me is just a, a bit of a bit of a laugh. It's just kind mm. of a good fun, but it's become a real important tool for me as a creative person. Now I now, I've gone through the stage of working brand side into yeah, client side and now I work freelance. So mm-hmm. I now operate full-time freelance working for myself. And Instagram's like my showreel and my expressive outlet. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it grays the line sometimes with what it is. But yeah, it's a, it's a it's an interesting question to answer because I suppose people are like, Are you an Instagrammer? I guess. I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. And but I love that because actually there are so many people in an industry, whether it be a creative industry, as a videographer, photographer, whatever, who sometimes do not perform how they are telling other people to. So it's almost like, you know, practice what you preach. And and you totally do that. And also, do you feel that you can get away with being as creative as you want? Because often clients are a little bit more nervous. And maybe if they see you do it, they might then go, actually, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. When I when I started doing these stories, so these stories basically developed from uh, I kind of wanted to make some more videos, and I had started watching Casey Neistat before he did daily vlogs. I'd been watching his videos, yeah. and I really liked it. And I really the, the concept of talking to the camera resonated with me a lot because for years I filmed my friends, and while my friends like riding their bikes and doing tricks and stuff, getting them to do things for me was quite difficult. Mm-hmm. So when I saw him doing this, just it was before he started daily vlogs. I was like, oh, this kind of, this is interesting. When he went to daily vlog and it snapped, I was like, ah, oh, this makes sense to me now. I, this, I can tell a story like this because this is, this is what I do with home videos. So let me try and work this into what I want to do. So I started doing it on Instagram and it started as, as your, your regular, you know, hey guys, I'm having a sandwich, just sitting yeah. there doing something yeah. mundane. And then I slowly thought, well, what can I do? How can I push this? How can I make this more creative? 
And since that point to where I am now, it's like, I said to my wife early on, I want people, my dream would be for people to hire me to do stuff because of the way I do things. I'd rather get hired to do a job because of me rather than to do a technique. And that's kind of how things work now. It will quite often come up to me and go, I watch you on Instagram or I've seen this video you did for this other client. I really like your vibe or I like your style. Um, I'd love you to come and have a chat to see what you could do for us. Mm. And nine times out of 10, that ends up me doing some like version of me, maybe not me talking, but some version of my style for them. And I think, yeah, people feel a lot more confident in doing that because they're seeing me do it mm. and they're coming to me. You know, They're being proactive, coming to me going, we kind of want to change things up and do this style. Can you apply that to us? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think as well, it's interesting thinking about how, I know you're in this creative industry, but social media in general is getting way competitive. It, well, it is, has been for years, yeah. but you know, Instagram over the last sort of two, three years has, has got more and more competitive. Stories are being featured more and more, but you've got to keep people's attention. And one of the things, and it's really hard for us to talk about it, so I urge everybody that's listening to go and, and obviously I'll link it in the show notes to Dill's Instagram and, and you can go and watch some of his stories. No pressure, Dill, you've just got to do really <laughs> good ones now. <laughs> I'll let you know when this is coming out and you make sure there's some bloody good ones on there. Or I'll otherwise, be yeah, could you? <laughs> otherwise, I'm going to send people there and they're going to go, what is this? Down on the sandwich. <laughs> Literally just talking to camera. Um, but like the whole thing about trying to keep your attention. And one of the things that I love is that you create content. You know, hey, like, um, I'm digressing side, but you know, have you heard of Mrs. Hinch? Hill. Yeah, the cleaner lady. Yeah, that's right. that really belittles her. But yes, that's the only because yes. my wife buys the minky cloths. I love it. I love it. It's all, it's so funny. If I ever mention this, it's always like a husband saying, "Oh my god, my wife just listens to her all the time." Yeah. She but came home with a bucket of stuff. <laughs> and you're like, as long as the house is clean, that's yeah. great. Thanks yeah. very much. You mean I have to use them. What? Yeah, yeah. I bought them for my husband. Yeah. Like people think I'm joking. He came home. It was like Christmas for him. Um, but so she has. She does stories all the time. And sometimes when I get to her stories and I see all those tiny dots at the top, that makes me see yeah. that she's done literally 50 stories in a day. Yeah. I get like, nah, move on. I yeah. I, I can't watch all that. But Too much pressure. Yeah, you know, and, and it's an investment in time. I know it sounds the most ridiculous thing that I'm not willing to invest that amount of time in you today, Mrs. Hinch. Yeah, yeah. But it is. So but what I love about yours is you managed to cram in a lot of content because basically, let's explain, you're not just straight up recording an Insta story. You are no. putting together video within one story and therefore yeah. you can get a lot of detail in with those 15 seconds and therefore you might only have what looks like, I don't know, 10 stories that you've done in a day, but actually you've managed to cram in so much more into that, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I started, my story started like everybody else, reversed your front facing camera, talking the thing you're doing the 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started learning to manage the 15 seconds and try to get a lot out in 15 seconds and be able to use transitions in between the Instagram app itself. So I would use, you know, I'd make a camera movement at the, at the very last second and I'd make another movement on the new second. That's very tricky to do. But then I kind of had this idea where I was like, well, um, what if I edit these things? So I was looking around. There was no vertical editing platform. So I used to use iMovie built into the iPhone. So yeah. I was like, I could film a minute of footage and it would be four stories, but it would be a load of stuff rather than just a 15-second clip of me talking. Yeah. So I started filming cutaway shots of where the environment or set up things where you see me walking in and out of shot. And I was editing that on iMovie. But what was mad was you could only edit like horizontal videos on iMovie. So I'd edit it and you'd end up with the two black bars at the back. 
on this on each side and the vertical video in the middle. And then I'd export that as like a like a 1080 HD video. But then when I brought it into Instagram, if you double tap that video, it filled the screen perfectly. So you yeah. ended up with a but it was really questionable quality. Yeah. But that was the only option back then. I hadn't seen anybody else doing this because I started doing the stories a couple of weeks after Instagram launched the platform. Yeah. Um, the stories, sorry, the feature more yeah. so. And, and I started editing them pretty soon after. And I was editing them this way. And I hadn't really seen anybody doing anything like this until I found Jesse Driftwood through some links. Um, and that was early days of Jesse Driftwood before he like got insanely big. Yeah. And I suddenly started to see somebody who's the first other person I'd ever seen editing this. Because when I started doing these stories, I said to my wife, I'm going to take the vlog platform and put it on Instagram because this makes more sense to me. My phone's with me everywhere. So I vlog on YouTube where I can vlog on Instagram. And at the end of the day, you know, I hit upload and it's done. I don't have to do this big edit. So I sort of slowly developed that into this process of filming a clip as I go, dropping it into my timeline on iMovie and then you know, editing as I go. So with the last clip I filmed, I would drop it and export it, upload it. Um, and it was a pain back then because we didn't have apps to cut up your, your clips into 15 seconds. None of that existed. So there's all these apps now that I use that are insane. Like it makes my process even quicker. But back then I was editing a two minute video and then I had to open that two minute video in my phone, like gallery. And I'd have to trim it to 15 seconds, save it as a new clip then go back to the original one and find the next fit. So it was manual. And I did that for like months and months until I found other options and new apps started coming out that, you know, dealt things like splice that started dealing with yeah. vertical video. Um, and a lot of, we've come a long way from those days of iMovie. And when I think back to that now, I'm like, you know, one of those, like you sound yeah. like your dad, you don't appreciate what <laughs> I used to sit for hours cutting that up. People are just like, bang, throw it into continual and it's cut. <laughs> That's like, brilliant. That is so, so funny. So let's go to the fact of when you create your Insta stories, you do the, the kind of, now I'm not, I, I want people to go and look at it and I want people to think about their own stories and how they can make it more creative. But we did just talk before the podcast that obviously Dylan's a creative person. This is what he does. So he obviously yeah. has a very good eyes, not the right word. That's not, that's not good enough, but you know, this is what he lives his life for. So yeah. actually a lot of the success of his story is down to the fact that he's very creative in this space. It's not to say that you can't go and, and you know, people listening can't go and try it and, and make theirs a bit more creative or add a few different elements for sure. But obviously yeah. a lot of what you do is because you're so creative. So just explain because we watch your videos and when I say we I've explained still that my husband and I love them and we'll be watching it and be like how long did it take you because you will literally set up your camera and walk past your camera you will set up you might be going on like the the train or the tube or whatever it is and your camera will be the other side of the tube and you're sat on the seat you know doing whatever you're doing like do you physically have to think every single point, where am I going to do this? What am I going to do? Or is it now becoming very natural? Uh, it's become very natural. Now, I think at the beginning, I sort of did it a bit. But see, I've always kind of done videos like that with my own family. Yeah. And I used to make these videos at home and then I would just WhatsApp them to my wife. <laughs> and it was all about things she left lying about that annoyed me. So, I, And then Love she it. was like, you should stick these online. So I've kind of always been doing little videos like that. But the beginning, I would have thought about it a lot more. Yeah. where now it happens. So now I'm literally in the middle of a conversation with someone. I could be chatting to them. And while I'm talking to them, I'm just putting my phone down against something. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, just two seconds. And I'll do like a little bit. And I'll just carry on. 
So it almost fits seamlessly in the conversation. You don't even realize yeah. I'm doing it sometimes. But yeah, the putting the camera down is a funny one. Uh, it's definitely easier where I live because I live in Belfast in Northern Ireland. It's definitely easier here than it would be. I tried to do it in London on the underground. Very tricky. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like skeptical looks for multiple reasons. But in Northern Ireland, people are very, very friendly. Like yeah. one of the biggest problems I have is I put my phone down and people pick it up and give it to me. Oh. They, I've left it lying there. And I'm like, no, no, no. Thank you. You've just cocked up an entire secret. Yeah. Well done. Thanks for being You're like, cheers. And they've been like, excuse me, you've left your phone here. I'm like, no, I haven't. I've actually tactically put it there. Put it there. That um, is so funny. I, I will basically use that to, to enter a scene, I guess. So it's, it's yeah. taking technique that I've seen on films and TV shows for years. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's weird because people think it's a whole new thing. Oh, this whole life vibe. It's like, it's not, you've been watching it in movies for yeah. years, for years. That's how it's entering scenes. It's, it's just, it's how you keep that in control of blogging and, and YouTube and everything has changed a lot of that. Yeah. And now there's almost too much focus on it. And I find you need to do that if it's part of the story, but don't do it mm. just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But the other thing that it does is it, it speeds up like, you know, so for instance, and, and I would love to be more creative and, and I want to get more creative, hence one of the reasons I wanted you on, but like, I will literally go to camera. Oh, now I'm just going into a coffee shop and I'm going to get a coffee. <laughs> Whereas when you do it, you'd like, there's a shot of the shop. There's a shot of you or video as you enter the room or enter the door. Then there's like, here's the coffee hitting on the table. Here's you drinking the coffee. Boom. And that's what, how many seconds? Like, yeah, you do that in four seconds. Yeah. You know, and yeah. And you've managed to creatively and engagingly let me see what you're doing without you doing a 15 second, I'm going to get a coffee now well, from the coffee shop. There. That's the key. So I do, I do some workshops and talks here in Belfast about this. And uh, a large part of what I talk about is please stop telling me what you're doing. I can see yeah. it. Now, yeah. I, I am guilty of doing that. Yeah. Like I literally did a story this morning where I'm like, I'm sitting having a coffee at the coast and you can see that. But that was part of the narrative. But the problem is people... I always say that there's, there's two strands happening at the same time with any sort of story, visual video storytelling. There's the visual side of what you're watching. And then there's the audio side of what you're being told. And those things for me don't necessarily have to be the same thing. And no. uh, I think that's a lot of the stuff. If you've ever watched Casey Neistat, that's what he does. And that's what most people miss. People see Casey and they see a guy skateboarding down New York vlogging and they think that's what I need to do skateboard down the street and tell you that but so people do it they go out they get the rate they go out and they go hey i'm skateboarding down the street i'm like i know i'm I watching you do it yeah casey yeah. never tells you that casey will just be telling you about something else so that was something that sort of opened up my eyes a little bit to that style of storytelling so when i'm doing it i'm showing you i'm doing something but i'm trying mm -hmm. to tell you a different story because what that does is it disrupts your attention span it makes you think mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it, it makes you access different parts of your brain and then hold your attention a little bit longer. Because when I started doing these, I used to get people screenshot the, the little dots at the top be like, Oh my God, Dylan, there's 30. Yeah. Like, I think the most I ever did was like 20 dots at the top of you know, yeah. stories. But I've tried to trim those down as much as I can and try to put them into batches. But mm. now I've got the point where I'm kind of comfortable two minutes, three minutes, max i don't really yeah. like to go over that unless i'm doing something very interesting but mm -hmm. it, the idea of that is that you try to cut back and that by going to the coffee shop show clips of the coffee shop while you talk about another thing you're doing yeah so that you don't have to explain you're at the coffee shop 
and then explain, yeah. I'm going to do this job now. Try to do the yeah. same with the two at the same time. And it's, it's how films are shot. You know, it's, people use that term B-roll. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. And it's like B-roll is a thing, but we shouldn't, it shouldn't be a focus on B-roll. B-roll is there to play a, to play a role in your video. It's to, it's to show a story or set a scene or pass time quickly so you can tell a lot. You know, the whole thing of an image says a thousand words. Yeah. So, so what does video say? So why the hell are we telling everybody what we've just videoed? <laughs> you know, we're all guilty of it. Yeah, I do it myself. But it's just funny when you catch yourself, oh God, I've just yeah. told you what I filmed. Yeah, that's brilliant. And so the other thing that you do, which I love, which again, I try and talk to people a lot, is that especially if you're creating a, a personal brand, which sounds really grandeur, it's not that. If you are your business, if you are the face of your business, then obviously you are trying to get people to know, like, and trust you. And you're trying to get people to relate to you. And one of the things that can you can do is obviously putting your face on camera helps, but also showing some of your personal side and your personal life. Now, how much you show of that is entirely down to the person. Obviously, it's got to be your decision. But you do. And one story comes to mind, which absolutely was a scream. And if it's not in your highlights, you've got to go and re-add it because it was brilliant. You can explain, but is it the one with my daughter calling me out? No, I haven't seen okay, that one. I I'll need to see that one. I'll tell you that one afterwards. Okay, so this one was when Dill went home one day and couldn't get in. Oh, uh, yeah. So any, I was going to say any normal person, but that sounds really insulting, yeah. Bill. It's not. Yeah. But like, he's allowed his own keys to his house. Yeah, but like, Dill decided to do a story of everything he was trying to do to get in the house. Yeah. And it was absolutely hilarious and brilliant and so creative of a situation that quite frankly pretty shit. I'd, I'd have been losing my rag like i'd yeah. have been there like flipping idiots like yeah. i want to get in the house but you turned it into this kind of like you know all this hilarious thing that you were trying to do and you were talking to the cat which is like and you're like this cat is, you know because the cat wouldn't let you in yeah. i was just sitting cat. there looking at me like and what yeah <laughs> Yeah. got problems today it's, like yeah. it's outside it's raining who cares yeah <laughs> so like and it was just brilliant it was so so good and you were and the funny thing is as i was watching it unfold i'm thinking but why don't you do this and then it's funny because people must have been messaging you in between or something oh yeah and and saying your neighbor messaged and said like yeah you know yeah what are you he sent me a photo from outside going what are you doing because <laughs> i was uh, so i got home basically <laughs> My wife leaves the keys inside, in the door on the inside, yeah. and I can never get them out. So the problem is that I'm always like, either leave the door unlocked, which is not a great idea, and I don't do that. But And so many people are like, I would never say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, just that if you lock so I can access it. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, you can open it. But she was asleep, and she's one of those people, she's a deep sleeper, so when she's out, she's out. And no one would wake up, so I was trying everything. The cat was looking at me. I was so... Uh, what was quite funny about that was I'd got a ladder out. I managed to climb over and access my garage because I had keys for that. Get into the garage and got my ladder out. I was climbing up, like trying to, trying to like wrap on the window. Oh, no, it wasn't a ladder. I couldn't get that. I had a stick. I was at a big stick. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like sticks taped together and I was banging on the window to bed and she didn't wake up. And it was oh, mad. But one of the funniest parts about that was at one point I shouted into Alexa. And yes, you did. I shouted, yeah, I shouted like, Alexa. Turn on country music, like maximum volume, <laughs> thinking surely she'll wake up. But what was so funny about that was I was inundated with messages from people saying, oh, oh my God, my Alexa's just kicked just off. <laughs> Everyone's Alexa started playing country music who was watching the story out loud. So I was getting these videos back from people. That video, 
All right, was one of the well, it's one of the longer ones I did because it was a lot because <laughs> I was effectively sharing that in real time, yeah. and it was trial and error, and that's because so, so the reason I share things like that is I am I describe myself as a pessimistic optimist because okay. bigger picture I'm very optimistic, but yeah. individually I'm very negative and high. So I might gurn and complain about stuff, yeah. but I'm actually at the end I'll solve the problem. This is the worst thing ever, but I'll solve it. I won't just <laughs> quit it. You know? So I'm pessimistic in my optimism. Yeah. So that was one of those opportunities where it's like I could just sit here on the steps and sulk because I can't get into my house or sleep yeah. in a car. Or I can at least use my down my misfortune here to entertain others. Now, yeah. what was interesting about that story was that was there was no editing. There were no clever tricks. That Every single bit of that story was filmed front-facing camera straight through the Instagram app. And there was like yeah. 20 bits to that story. Yeah. And that was the most engaged story I've ever done in two and a half years of doing daily stories on Instagram. That That's got the most engagement. Uh, asking me to send them like for days after people still messaging me, things laughing. Yeah. Um, and it was, it just trumped, it just trumped the engagement over everything else. But I think, so yeah, it shows you the importance of narrative. Yeah, the, the realism of it and the hilarity of it. Also, I've got to add one more thing, which was hilarious. Once you set off Alexa and got her to play the music really loud, you tried to then shut her up. Oh. But of course, she couldn't hear yeah. you. Because she was yeah, <laughs> so loud. And I was like, it was Honestly. like midnight. So I was shouting through the postbox, Alexa, turn off. Turn off. Alexa. Oh, God. It was what was amazing was that's when all the helpful people online just go, oh, you could control it through your app on your phone. And I'm like, I wouldn't have made a fun story, would it? No, no. Anyway, I switched it off very calmly with my app. <laughs> no, I, like, I didn't know you could do that, but like, <laughs> it's how funny to see you screaming through a letterbox at Alexa, yeah. trying to yeah. get shut up at midnight. It was brilliant. But was it is, funny. yeah, you bring in that personal side and definitely helps because you yeah. become relatable. People get to know, people feel they know you. So it's quite awkward because if I meet people at an event or like people maybe stop me in the street and be like, hey, Dylan, I follow you on Instagram, and I have no idea who they are. But yeah. I've maybe spoken to them for months. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, oh, I'm, I'm Claire. And I'm like, Phew. and then you find out her <laughs> name's like, you know, superfood blogger. And I'm like, well, Jesus, I don't know that. You yeah. never introduced yourself as a superfood blogger. You said I'm Claire. But people <laughs> do. You build these relationships. And that's how I've met so many people now is just through, through that personal side. And that's exactly why you're on the podcast, because we have a, a mutual friend and through his Insta stories, he was talking about you and I started watching your stuff. And then, and then just like I said, loved it, thought it was fascinating. So, okay, let's get into like some of the uh, tools and techniques of it. So you record pretty much everything on your phone. Yeah, 95% of it. And what's your phone? Just like standard iPhone? iPhone 8 plus. Okay. So, you know, it's obviously a good iPhone, but in fact, the camera on the iPhone, I have one of those Huawei, Huawei, Wooey, whatever. So I have, I, have my, um, I have my iPhone for my normal stuff, but I yeah. actually bought that because the camera was so good that I literally only use that for a camera. Yeah. Um, although sometimes it does put, because it, it, it puts effects on, sometimes they don't look real enough. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. but basically any camera phone is going to be good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think when you start worrying about what, what it is you're shooting on, you're missing the point. You yeah. know, I think it's like anything, I mean, I used to, film these on an iphone 6 at mm. the start and then i remember when i went to the 8 when you had portrait mode and all yeah. these other things but like i filmed that on an iphone 6 you know i filmed it like 
on front facing cameras, rear facing cameras. So listen, it's it's not it's kind of irrelevant as long as it's as long as it films and it's fairly good. Like I mean, most yeah. people now will have a phone that films HD, and yeah. that's fine because you're not you know that's what you're getting on Instagram. Yeah. So you're filming it on your phone. Is it like, do you film a certain amount of footage for a certain amount of outcome of story or is it not um, like that? It's just as it happens. I'm, yeah, I'm pr- I film in chronological, well, not chronological order, but the, well, yeah, it's a chronological order, the yeah. order of the, the time frame, the story yeah. I want to tell. So I try to shoot it in sequence is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so I don't really film an excessive amount because the point of me doing them on my phone is all for ease and mm-hmm. speed. Because I have friends who do YouTube videos who are like, dude, why don't you just film them on your proper cameras? I have stacks of cameras. Yeah. The quality would be so much better. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's irrelevant. It's not the point. And the point is, if I shoot that on my camera, it's going to become too big a job. So the point I shoot on my phone yeah. is that I want my phones on me all the time. It's easily accessible. So every part of that process needs to be easy. So while if I'm building a story, I'll film it in order, in sequence, as tight as I can. Mm-hmm. I might have to film a pickup shot later on in the day, but I try to film it in order. And if I'm speaking, I try to either film for like one minute straight where I talk and tell different bits mm-hmm. and I'll take a break in between sets. So I'll be like, Hey guys, what's happening? It's Monday. That's, you know, I'm down on the beach here. I'm going for a walk and I'll stop. And then I'll just think for a second or two about my next sentence. And then I'll say the next bit, you know, so today, you know, what I'm trying to do is like some shots down the beach of this thing that I'm working on. And then mm-hmm. I'll just cut that dead space out in the middle yeah because that's that bit where people that lull is where people lose Mm. concentration yeah so that's how i'll do that um so i try to film as little as i can so that i Mm -hmm. can edit less i want to basically film it drop it into my timeline on my phone and just trim out the irrelevant nonsense yeah yeah and then export it okay so then uh you're filming it in your normal camera on your phone what apps do you use then to edit to put them together now, currently, I use Adobe Premiere Rush, yeah. um, and it's part of the Creative Cloud package. Now, I, mm-hmm. because I do this professional job, I have that cloud, yeah. so that helps. If you don't have that, you can look at the likes of um, Splice, which mm-hmm. is really, really good, or Carve. Um, and then probably one of the best options out there is an app called Luma Fusion, okay. which is this, it's insane. It's uh, If you're an iPad editor, like you could you could basically scrap a computer to edit with Luna right. Fusion on your iPad, but you can do it on your iPhone as well. It's the controls are insane. The amount it allows you to do everything from titling through the color grading to editing, and it's just it's yeah. very detailed. But I would say stay away from it unless you're an experienced editor. Yeah, because you'll just get lost in the functionality. Whereas Splice and Carve are dead simple. Okay, um, cool. and the nice thing about Carve is you can you can film in app, which is good. So you basically create a timeline. You film your seconds. You stop. It adds it to the time. And then the next bit you film adds it to the timeline. So you're basically, you're building these layers of a story so you don't have to then add it all at the end, which is quite cool. But you can still take bits out of it, like, you know. Yeah, you can still trim bits and clip bits. Yeah, because when you obviously put your phone down and then go into position, your phone is recording. So there must be a lot of footage you're deleting off so you're not seeing your hand coming in and out of shot. There's a lot of me walking awkwardly out of shot and standing, (laughs) waiting for people to get out of the way. And then that bit where I casually dander in, like as if the phone was always filming. There's always a phone there, don't worry about it. There's a lot of that to delete. Just quickly as well on that, like, do you ever feel like a right idiot? Like, honestly, that for me is my biggest thing. Like, I see these great stories of people physically moving as they're talking and I can't do it or I find it difficult to do. A lot of my stories, I'm just sat in my office 
because it's like I just would feel like a real plonker like and and yeah. you've just got to get over it I guess yeah feel it like a total burke that's the way I feel <laughs> when I'm doing those things but you do you kind of just you kind of just have to remember that you know the people that are judging you probably don't get it or you know, just think like there's a bigger picture here like you might laugh at me but it doesn't really matter yeah but yeah, there are times where you set up when people get to know you and they kind of get the idea it's okay so you, you just have to sort of persevere through that but there is that awkward side and it never it never finishes but you have to be a bit tactful so people yeah. often say how do you film yourself walking in public through through like right through the middle of the city center um and the way i do that is just like i am very very aware i'm just one of those mm-hmm. very self-aware and i'm very aware of my surroundings so when i'm walking i'm like do you know what you watch the lego movie yes yeah when they're running and they're like the master builders are seeing all the details and they can see all the parts and they build something as they go that's kind of my brain so when i'm walking i'm like analyzing everything and i'm looking basically is that group of kids going to give me abuse if i talk on my phone that old man doesn't even realize so i'll do it i'll wait till the kids pass and then i'll say my sentence as i'm passing that crowd of older people that won't they aren't going to judge me or if they do they're not going to say anything yeah yeah it's very tactful and at the end it looks like Oh, he's just walked right through the city center and hasn't hasn't yeah. been bothered by any of it. But really, I've been like, actually, I've been very strategic. Yeah, and you've thought about that. So, yeah. no, that's awesome. So, you're editing, and I've got Adobe Rush. I haven't used it yet, yeah. but I have the Adobe package as well. So, we can obviously okay. get that free on our phones. So, if you don't have that, then obviously we'll link up to those other ones as well. So, and yeah. you're literally editing. The other thing that you do in your stories, which is really interesting, is you will use music in them, won't you? Yeah, yeah. And is that's is a that- tricky one. Okay. It's a real tricky one. When I use, if you use Splice, Splice gives you a ton of free songs, loads. Okay. Like, loads. I basically burned through them all until I'd used them all a few times, and I was like, "Oh, I'm done. I need another solution." So I looked around a few options, and you can sort of bring tracks in from other other. There's other means to do it. If you've got iTunes, you can bring tracks in, but then you run into issues on certain. Like, if you do an IGTV video, like Instagram will remove it. Stories yeah. you normally get away with using copyright music, but it's still not ideal. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I was talking to my friend Ryan, our mutual friend, yeah. who came up with this. He came up with this cool way of doing it through Dropbox, and I use that technique now. Okay. So basically, I create a Dropbox account. Well, yeah. create a Dropbox folder. I use Epidemic. I am subscribed to Epidemic Sound. But okay. if you've got any music library you're subscribed to, I'll download my tracks each week. I'll put like 20 tracks, and I'll put it in my Dropbox. And then through Adobe Rush, you can access the Dropbox. Yeah. So I'll go through and I'll, I'll put in a few, like I have songs I normally use. I'll use funk and hip hop sort of music mm-hmm. um, and I'll do that. But what's so cool is you can now quite often, I'll just actually go straight onto Epidemic on the mobile app. So I do everything now primarily through phone. So I'll mm-hmm. actually go to Epidemic, find the track that I want, download it from my phone and save it straight to Dropbox or my phone. Then open up Rush, then access that track through the Dropbox account all on the phone. And I mean, I'll do it bypass the computer every step of the way. And that's kind of a challenge that I like. It is tricky, but once you get into the swing of it, I can literally edit while I'm walking or sitting on a bus. I don't have to wait till I go anywhere. I can edit while I'm doing stuff while I'm waiting for this. So it's become very handy. Yeah, no, it's good. So basically, are you only uploading sort of once a day in the evening after your day's happened? Recently, I have. I used to edit everything and, and upload as I go. But mm. It was almost real time. Yeah. Uh, and I like that because people's interaction and engagement was great when I do yeah. that. Because they're like, oh, I'm there and they'll maybe come and find me. Yeah. Um, but then like, you, it becomes a bit of a hindrance. You maybe get some oddballs following you about. Or you get like, 
you know, people will want to meet you or stop you in the street if they know you are. Maybe it's a friend of yours. And I'm like, actually, do you know what? I know it looks like I'm just swanning around in the city doing nothing, but yeah, I'm actually yeah. filming this on my way to a meeting or yeah. to a job. Yeah. So it's become a bit of a hindrance. So I started uploading batches, batch in mm. the morning, a batch in the afternoon. But then recently in the last month, I'm making changes to a lot of my stuff. Mm. So I've been a little bit inconsistent with my uploads. I've been editing stuff and uploading in the afternoons or sometimes late at night, but that's just because there's a lot of lot going on. I'm trying to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. So at the minute, I, I'd like to upload a big batch at the end of the day because it's yeah. daunting on the viewer. And so much of what I believe is about respecting people's time. Mm. And so I don't like to put something up that's not a respect of time. If I feel like, you know, that I'm wasting your time, that annoys me. Yeah. Um, so I'm always, that's an ongoing battle with myself. Sometimes I put a story up and I watch it, I'm like, that's, but my goal is if it holds the attention of my wife, <laughs> because she's like, she'll skip sometimes, skip, skip. I'm like, what are you doing? That's my like, story. Ah, I get the point. I'm like, ah, no. That's so funny. Honestly. I get that balance right is hard. <laughs> Every day, it's like to my husband, if you watched my story today, you'd know that I did this if you watched my story. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's become a hard one to, to <laughs> general conversation with people now. Because yeah. I'll say, I'll either, there'll be one of two scenarios. I'll either go, so last month I was in Canada, and then they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, saw the stories. And I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. Well, you know when I was in the helicopter? And they're like, yeah, that was so cool. Or the worst bit where you go, <laughs> so I was in Canada last. Did you watch my stories while I was in the helicopter? And they go, <laughs> No, because I've got other stuff going on in my life. And yeah. you're like, oh, well, oh. I just seem really up myself now. <laughs> well, I don't want to tell you the story. Go watch it. Yeah, do you know what? It's <laughs> funny, though. I've done that. It's like, oh, you know, because you, cause you think I don't want to repeat myself if you saw yeah. the story. But then yeah. you do sound like a real idiot because you're yeah. like, you know, obviously all you do all day is watch my Insta stories. Yeah, obviously you have nothing else to do but watch my nonsense. So, exactly. yeah, very. it's become like creating these things online has made other conversations really awkward sometimes be like, so or someone will just ask me a question about something I did. I'm like, but did you get that? I'm like, how do you know that? It was yeah. in your story. Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. It's so good. Yeah. So the Canada, I'm glad you brought that up because this was interesting because you, you actually created a, a video for YouTube about Canada, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And how long was that video? It was quite long. Oh, wasn't it? About 14 minutes, I think. So you had, you were doing your Insta stories while you were in Canada and we were just talking beforehand and I was in, um, we were in California at the time. So we're watching these stories. And then what was really nice, because I don't tend to watch a lot of long form content on YouTube. Like I have YouTube open all the time when I work, but it tends to be for music and and various other bits, but I don't, I'm not very patient and and I don't tend to watch stuff. But what was really interesting is that you I had seen all the content you'd put out and I'd seen that you were, you were making a film while filming, you know, and, and then yeah. I watched the video and I watched the 14 minutes, you know, sat there the entire thing on my phone. And, and it was interesting. It was almost like it was easier for me to do that because I knew bits of what was coming because you yeah. had yeah. bits of what was coming. So that for yeah. me was a really fascinating way because you'd almost argue that if you're recording it on one media, that I then don't need to go and watch it on another one. Yeah, yeah. But it actually added to it, if anything. Yeah. Well, do you know what? A lot of that comes down to a a phrase we hear a lot, micro and macro content, and really having an understanding for what that is. So I'm very adamant that I don't want to cover the same thing in my vlog as I do in my Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. So when I actually went out there, I was going to meet a guy called Dunna, 
and I had some plans that I wanted to make with him. And he had some plans he wanted to make with me. And then when we got there, we met each other. We'd never met apart from Instagram. Mm -hmm. So when I got there, I was like, oh, I want to do these YouTube videos. And he had these ideas. And we met each other. We were like, you know what? This is actually pretty chilled. And then we, neither of us could really be bothered. We were just enjoying hanging out. So my main purpose was to take photos because, I mean, that's my name. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm going to take some photos in Canada. My issue is that what, I trip up a lot with what platform I'm working on. And Ryan and I joke about a theory called platform anxiety when we don't really know what platform to be uploading. Yeah. So when I got there, I was going through a mad you know, bout of platform anxiety. What do I do? And then I thought, you know what, Dylan, just put, what do you want to do primarily? And I was like, I want to do photos. I want to take nice photos in Toronto. I've never been here. So mm -hmm. I made that my main goal. So A level was take photographs. My stories documented what we were doing day to day quick. Yeah. They were edited. They had music, but each was a production of the day. Then mm -hmm. overview highlight of everything was this vlog, but the vlog I filmed a, a like a parallel story that had mm -hmm. featured elements of the stories, yeah, but the narrative to that was slightly different. So when you watch it, it's actually not, there's elements of the stories in it, but hopefully mm -hmm. there's not a lot of repetition in that respect. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of a bodge together. Like that was a very messy video for me. Um, and I'm traveling to the States in a few weeks and I have plans of how I want to execute it differently. Yeah. Uh, but it was a big learning curve, but yeah, it's, I've always kind of done that. I've always tried to do all those things at the same time because mm -hmm. people consume Instagram stories differently. Yeah. You have, and you've just said it, you're not a long form, you know, fan. I love mm -hmm. long form content on YouTube. Like my wife and I watch YouTube like TV. We have done for about five or six years and I love consuming long form content. So, but that's not for Instagram. So yeah. it has to be quick because people are consuming Instagram on the go. Most of the time people consume my Instagram, you believe it or not, without sound, which is just mind blowing. Because I'm like, yeah. most of mine is me talking. Talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you doing? So I've like toyed with the idea of subtitles. So sometimes if I'm doing a key thing, you'll see me throw a subtitle in. Yeah. So basically show the people who are watching without listening. Yeah. If you're interested what, in this, this is what it's probably about. want to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. So but what's interesting as well, which I really like and I do encourage and we've talked about before on the podcast is you took one trip, one opportunity, and created three really good bits of content out of it. So yeah. you had your photos, which are on your feed, which are stunning. Feed, yeah. You know, really, really good photos. And then you did your stories as you were there. So for me, you know, that was obviously a long time ago. But some of the some of the feed, I think, is still. And I followed. Is it Dunner? Did you say your friend? Yeah, Dunner. Yeah. And I followed Dunner as well. And some of his is still the Canada stuff. Yeah. And you got that bit of content. You got your Insta story, and then obviously you did your long form, putting together your YouTube, which come out obviously after you got back and once you'd edit it and that sort of thing. So for me, yeah. it's like every time you go anywhere, if you're going to do something like that, it's like okay, what? How can we make the most of this? How yeah. can I exploit this moment? How yeah, exactly. But it is, yeah. you know. No, you're it, right, though. It's basically saying, you know, I'm at this point now doing this thing, so I want to make it absolutely bang on, amazing, and and yeah. use it for everything it's worth. So, yeah. So that's awesome. Okay, so to finish off, because you've given me so much of your time and it's a very valuable. Oh, time. no problem at all. It's been fun. Um, if someone wants to get started or wants, they're looking at your stories thinking this is cool, you know, as a couple of quick steps or a couple of things for them to think about, what would you recommend for them to get started to create something a little bit more interesting on their Insta stories? I think the best thing to get started with is you, the, the main thing you need to get it right is understand story. Like mm -hmm. people say story all the time, but that's the point. You know, it doesn't matter what it's filmed on or the production or the tricks. It's about 
the story. So you've got to take something very mundane. I used to use coffee and beer a lot because it's simple. But if you take something really simple and try to make an interesting story by telling you what you're doing visually without talking first, then it teaches you for shot setups. Um, You know, if you're making a cup of coffee, think about the elements. I mean, coffee is the easiest one to start with for me because Mm -hmm. there's so many elements and it's such a beautiful process if you make it, if you're into coffee, but it doesn't need, it could be, if you make freeze dried coffee, you need to find, it's like, well, how can I make this funny? If it's freeze dried, let's start by putting the coffee container in the freezer and opening it that way. So just as a bit of a play on the words, you take it out. And then, but even with a freeze dried coffee, you've got a few elements. You've got the jar coming out of a cupboard, putting on a counter, lid coming off, getting a spoon, spoon goes in, scoops it out into the cup, water adds, you've got the stir, then you've got the sip. So you can do that in so many different ways, but people admit, the thing is people miss out all those little details. They mm-hmm. miss out the bit where they unscrew the lid and yeah. you've got the sound. So you can basically make a 15 second video of you having a cup of coffee. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, once you start to do something like that and you start to take it, I would do a lot of pour over coffees. So I got the glass Chemex and you get to see it. So when I'm pouring my coffee, I don't just pour my coffee in my kitchen. I lift it up onto the windowsill. So I've got the sunlight in the background. Or sometimes mm-hmm. I'll pour the coffee outside if it's cold. So you get the steam coming off it as you pour, you know, just those little elements that make it a bit more beautiful to watch. Mm. But really in the end, I've just made you watch me making a coffee. Yeah. You know, which is like insane. When you think when you're house for a coffee, you don't sit there and watch them. Oh yes. Yeah. Spoon, but- are you? <laughs> So Can it's I like, see that stuff again? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's it's, it's understanding. Right? So take something very simple, yeah. try and create a short, concise story of it, and you basically do that by using the theory of the story arc, right? Mm-hmm. So it's basically just meaning start, middle, and end. Yeah. Some you know, it's something I've talked about. Ryan and I discuss this all the time. We are very intense when we talk about Instagram stories, <laughs> but we always discuss story arc, and it's basically like every story needs a start, a middle and end. So you need yeah. some sort of scene setter. So that scene could just be a shot of your kitchen or it could be, mm-hmm. if you're barbecuing, it could be a shot of your garden at the barbecue, whatever that is. Something yeah. to set the scene that gives your viewer context, that puts them in the place where they go, okay, I understand roughly what's happening. So yeah. if you do it, if you do an Instagram story and you can do four individual stories, 15 seconds each and use a story arc, you use story one and story four as your bookends. Story yeah. one's giving context. Story four is the conclusion. Okay. And then story th- uh, two and three are the, con- the, the beefy context. Yeah. So story one is, good morning, guys. It's sunny. I've got the day off work. I need a nice brew. And then story mm-hmm. two and story three are the coffee being made. Boom, boom, boom. All the bits, all the cutaways, the bit you pour it. And then story four, it doesn't have to be five seconds. It could be five seconds at the end. Yeah. Is you sitting down to enjoy that coffee in your garden in the mm-hmm. sunshine. Or you drop the coffee everywhere on the floor and then it just cuts to you looking at it like, Oh, I've got to do it again. <laughs> but what you basically create is you've set the scene, yeah. you've made the coffee, you've drank the coffee. It's, that's like this, that's it at its simplest form. Yeah. So if yeah. you can do that for a start and understand that process, then everything follows suit. If you're mm-hmm. going on a trip across the world to Indonesia to go surfing, for example, you need to set the scene. You can't just suddenly be like, Hey guys, so I'm in London today doing the story. And then the, the next day, you're on a beach in Bali and someone's yeah, like, where yeah. are you? How did you get there? You know, yeah. because it's, people are interested in the journey. Yeah. They're not interested in the end, you know, destination. It's like, yeah, cool. You're there. Tell me about how you got there because mm. if you then build up. You can be like, right, here's the context. I'm with my friends, such and such. We're going to this location. Let's go. 
then film a cool sequence of you doing it. Yeah. And then the, it closes with, we got where we're going. Thanks very much for watching. It's, it's amazing. It's a, it's yeah. a basic story of everything we watch. Yeah. 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 We all yeah. forget it. We all just start an Instagram story randomly in the middle of something and think everyone knows what the hell's going on yeah no it's such a good point such a good point just one quick last thing that came into my head um no, do you use a um like a gimbal or something to steady your phone or not no joe i get asked that a lot but i don't again like the, my key items that i use phone in my hand i use a clip-on lens by a company called lemuro um, like a German lens, like make phone lenses and cases, it screws yeah. into my phone and it's a wide angle lens so I can film myself talk. Yeah. Um, so I've got my phone, my lens that clips in and then I use my wallet as a tripod. Uh, if I'm not using my wallet, it's leaned against a brick or a wall right. or a hole, which is ridiculous sometimes when my, when my thousand pound phone and my wallet with all my cards are lying on the ground somewhere. Yeah, yeah. just leave it randomly as you're yeah. walking up yeah. and down the shot. Someone yeah. then takes it. I have, had, I have had a few occasions where people have like worked it out and they've come over and you can see them being sketchy. But you just got to be, you got to be aware. But the yeah. reason I do that is I don't want to add any complication to the process. Yeah, no. Because it totally. won't get done. The point is, yeah. it's got to be streamlined. Because if I'm thinking, oh, I'll get my gimbal or I'll get my tripod, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about my tech. And I'm not yeah. thinking about the story for a viewer. So it's going to be like... it's not natural, is it? You're not... No. You know, if you're having to do too much setup, you're going to yeah. lose that very natural... Spontaneity. Spontaneity. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I try to keep it that simple. Sometimes I'll have a thing called a think tank whip band around my wrist. It's like a stretchy cord around my wrist. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm like near a pole or a fence, you can like stretch it and wrap it around the phone. So the phone can bracket up on like a fence or on a pole so if you want a higher shot but most of the time i get to the point where i go i'd love this shot to be at head height but Mm -hmm. it's impossible here so it's going to be a ground shot because that's the best most efficient way for me to create this story and it's Mm -hmm. not about where the shot is and if it is about where the shot is you just use surroundings i do top-down shots in my kitchen a lot and i was explaining this in a workshop last week where people were asking me what bracket i use to hold the phone out far and i was like I use a wooden spoon with my phone balancing on a wooden spoon and a book or a heavy jar inside my kitchen cupboard waiting, mm-hmm. counterbalancing the phone just about because I only need like two seconds. Why would I build yeah. a rig for that? That yeah. all those things are there. Use what's around you. So love it. Dill, thank you so much for your time today. It's no, been no, an no. absolute pleasure having you on. I like that I will link up to everything. Do go and watch your stories because they are wonderful and really interesting and just give you a very different perspective about how it could be done. Or even if you can lean towards some of that, then you would have a way more engaging story than the average one. So Dill, thank you so much. For no, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's been great. And like, yeah, it's, it's cool. I love connecting with people and it's weird. Like how you meet all these people just through Instagram, you know, and yeah. these sort of platforms. I think there's a lot of power in those in those platforms that we don't necessarily use so no thanks so much for having me this has been great wonderful thanks Dill. he was such a nice guy really down to earth really funny and smart and super creative i just love chatting to him and i think i said on the podcast we've been talking for probably a good 30 minutes before we started it and then carried on chatting afterwards so it was really really nice to finally uh, have a conversation with him because weirdly we hadn't ever well we've never met and we hadn't ever really spoken since I'd started following him he didn't know who I was so it was really really nice to have that conversation and really get to know each other which was awesome and that's what I love about social media don't you like I know there's lots of negative things and I have to say I looked at my Facebook the other day and thought oh I'm so sick of seeing rubbish and not 
as in people are posting rubbish, as in Facebook are choosing to show me stuff that I'm really not interested in, which I find amazing. But anyway, so sometimes even doing what I do, it gets me down a little bit. But then I remember things like this, that I've met this really nice, funny, interesting guy that if I head over to, you know, Northern Ireland again, which I used to go to Northern Ireland a lot for another job that I had years ago. But if I do head over that, I can like call him up and go, hey, Dylan, let's get a drink or, you know, go grab some dinner or whatever. So I find that amazing that we can do that. Anyway, I've said as well, I love Insta stories. So if you are on Instagram, please do come to find me because I do love connecting with people on there and I love watching other people's stories as well. I spend far too much time doing that. So do please go and check that out. And also don't forget that masterclass this Thursday. Obviously, if you're listening to this kind of as it comes out, if you've missed it, I'm so sorry, but do go and check that out, TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass. I'd love to see as many of you on there as possible. Anyway, have the most amazing week and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWearing.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.